We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good. That's how we'll walk away. Aloha and welcome to the Layman's Lounge podcast. So, so excited to have on the show today, Dr. George Herring, the father of all things Abraham Kuyper. And so today we're, we're kicking off a series called <clears throat> The State of Neo-Calvinism over at thelaymanslounge.com. So the series is going to have Kuyperians from nations across the globe, each writing like the state um, each write an, in, an entry on the state of neo-Calvinism there in their own nation. So we've got we've got contributors from England, Brazil, Australia, Indonesia, China, Mexico, Egypt, and the list goes on and on. So head over to laymanslounge.com next week and return each week for the new entry. And even though I've never met Dr. I feel like I kind of like we're friends. And here's why. Because I've spent hours with you on those documentaries. You know, so he's done this like... I think it's like a seven part documentary series called Around the Old World Sea, where he retraces Kuiper's travels in Europe. And then I didn't even know about this one until this last week. Um, I think it's called like Kuiper in America, which is four episodes. I kind of feel like we're friends. Is that weird that I feel like we're friends? No, that, that's not too weird. <laughs> You're no, cool no, no. as a cucumber so, um, in those interviews, yeah, in those the, things, the, man. The, the series on the United States is called uh, Varia Americana, after, after, the, after the title of the book Kuiper wrote in 1899 when he, when he returned from the U.S. He had such a high, high an insanely high view of America. Um, yeah. and for sure, we're gonna, I'm going to have questions about that. But Dr. Hank is the editor, translator, author, and co-author of some great stuff, including Neo-Calvinism and the French Revolution, Kuiper in America, This Is Where I Was Meant to Be, and the forthcoming book from Lexham Press, The Skilder Reader, The Essential Theological Writings. So it's Klaus Skilder. And um, he and I, as I mentioned, he let out on two doc. So he's a bit of a movie star. He, he let out on those two uh, series. So anyways, um, he's also a professor of history at the Free Uni University of Amsterdam, the school that Kuiper started. And no, it's not free um, tuition. He's the director of the Neo-Calvinism Research Institute at the Theological University of Campen. And then what is the, what's the formal association of the Neo-Calvinism Research Institute website? I spent two hours last night clicking through that. Even though I don't speak Dutch, there's a lot of English stuff going on there. So what exactly is that resource? On the, on, on the website of the NRI? Yeah. Okay. Like you have, um, all, I think basically the bibliography for Kuiper and Bavink, and basically it says the circumstance which things were written. And then I clicked it and it was open up in um, Dutch. And then I tried to do Google Translate, but that was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's so it's what 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 is on the website is mainly the bibliography, the full bibliography of Kuiper and of Herman Bavink, um, and. <clears throat> As far as there is a text available in, 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 in PDF format or otherwise, there is a link. So you can also find, if, if you would go, for example, to the Bavink site and you can choose the translation, you, you can choose English and then you get a list of all the English publications of Bavink, which, which you certainly can read. And the, and, and, and the same goes for Kuiper. So that's, that's the one site when it comes to Kuiper and Bavink. And the second aspect is that the full archives of uh, the papers of Bavink and uh, Kuiper, which are kept at the university, Free University of Amsterdam, um, they are online. So every letter, every scratch of paper that they left is, is available online and is, is, is researchable by anyone wherever in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Someone owes someone a beer for making that happen. So thank yeah. you. What, hey, what, you know, with Lexham Press just did this serious, um, I think it's like nine, nine volumes of Kuiper translation. Wow. Yeah. Bavink's being translated, even like the unfinished ethics. Um, I think we just, we have some Klaus Skilder coming, some J.H. Bavink. Yeah. What, two questions, who else 
would would the like me as an English speaker, what's some good stuff that that you think would be good if it was translated next? And is there anything in Kuiper that hasn't been translated that you think would would be pretty good too? Okay. <clears throat> so of, of, of course, um, if you talk about Kuiper, Bavink, Skilder, J.H. Bavink, these are of course main figures that also attract attention internationally. But there are of course many, many people in this tradition who have written books and some are good and some are not good, of course, but, um, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and uh, so that you, you can think of more authors who, who could be translated, and some have been translated, um, but um, when it comes to Kuiper, well, the, yesterday I, I just had a discussion with some American and Canadian colleagues about what should be translated more of Abram Kuyper? And uh, well, one of the things is, is uh, we are discussing is his Dictaten Dogmatiek. So what he, what he taught on systematic theology. So his, his students took notes and they have been published. So that's, that's an item. But the, 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 largest, the largest part of Kuyper's work has not been published and that is hidden in, uh, in in his periodicals, in the Herald, in the Standard, his mm -hmm. his, his 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 daily newspaper, and that he, he wrote a lot of series of articles in mm -hmm. those newspapers, which not have been which have not been published yet. So that's still possible. But uh, when it comes to both Bavink and Kuiper, I think the main the main body of what you should know if you want to learn Bavink and Kuiper has been translated. So mm -hmm. it, 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 in a way, there is full access now to Kuiper and Bavink for the Anglo and, uh, Anglophone world. So we got Kuiper, Bavink, and like Vollenhoven, Dewey Reard. Yeah. Who, who, like, who's the next guy? You know, <laughs> I feel like those are the people, and there's Burkauer and Voss. Who, yeah. who would you say is the ne the person either who it's not that they might have had as much influence, no. but like who would you say carried forth the tradition? Like maybe they even sort of engaged with Kuiper. Like it could be like someone like Skilder. Who do you, who would yeah. you say was the next person? Well, of course, it it it, it were the pupils of, of, of those guys who, who who went on. So. Um, I, I, I would think in philosophy uh, of people like uh, René van Woudenberg. Um, uh, so that's a professor at the Vrije Universiteit who, who is in the neo-Calvinist tradition. I would think of uh, Cornelis van der Kooi, if you think of theology, systematic theology. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so uh, there, uh, and I, uh, that part of his work has been translated. That's, that's a professor of ethics. That is Dauma. He, oh, yeah. he wrote a dissertation on common grace. So that's a very thorough study of, of, of Kuyper's notion yeah. of common grace compared with the, with the notion by, with Calvin and Skilder. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think there are still quite a few theologians who work in this field and, 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 and philosophers and historians, and they, they are really worthwhile. But, of course, they are addressing different issues. And they're, in, in, in the first generations, many pupils of Hermann Bavink and of Kuiper just went on with their topics. But, of course, the topics have changed now. We are, we are a century from, from, from the day they died. So that, mm. that has changed. We, we, we have different topics like climate change and that kind of stuff yeah. that, that, that were not around in, in, in the days of of uh, Kuiper and Bavink. And of course, after Kuiper and Bavink, you got the theology of Karl Barth, for example, mm -hmm. which of course changed the landscape, the, 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 the theological landscape. So um, someone like Case van der Kooy could not do the same anymore as Herman Bavink or Abram Kuiper did. Uh, he cannot just repeat and a little bit expand it. No, mm -hmm. it's a different take he has to take. Mm -hmm. So, but he still works in, 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 in the same tradition. I, I, I am a layman, but I did read that uh, Cornelius van der Kooy reformed dogmatics. And yeah. I think it's been in English for like five years and it, yeah. it blew my mind. I couldn't mm -hmm. believe that's, that's not required reading at every single like seminar. That was 
<laughs> that was so, so good. So yeah. um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for commending him to us. We'll actually link that book because it's so, it is so, so good. Um, if we were to ask like 10 people in the Netherlands today in 2021, who's Abraham Kuyper? What sort of responses would we hear? And, and of those who did know him, would we hear more about Kuyper like the grouchy, divisive politician or maybe Kuyper like the theologian or, or some other Kuyper? Okay. Um, well, if, if you would ask 10, 10 people random, randomly, um, then I think um, eight wouldn't know who, who, who he is, who he was. Um, and some some might know because they know uh, a street has been named after him in their city, um, and and maybe someone knows that he was a politician. So theology is is behind the horizon of most Dutchmen. So so they they wouldn't know about it. And mm. if if they know, they would have the same idea they have about Kuiper the politician that he was divisive, that 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 there were polemics around him. Um, that he uh, that he was the father of polarization, uh, and that uh, because of conflicts he deposed professors at the university, etc. So it's always about conflict and about being being uh, <clears throat> a personality larger than life. Yeah, but there was not not much room behind next or after Abram Kuyper. Mm -hmm. It was Abram mm -hmm. Kuyper. Um, the 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 man, the man, and so that's so the the overall impression would be negative, and so and that that is one of the reasons why many people in the Netherlands are amazed when they learn that Kuiper's work is being translated into English and not only oh. into into Spanish, into Portuguese, into Chinese, into Indonesian. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. So, the, and the first conclusion is those guys are lagging behind. They are a century behind. We oh. we know better. We know better. So, no and 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 the same goes for Bavink. They they don't understand that Bavink's theology is so popular outside no of the Netherlands. So, in in the Netherlands, no one reads Bavink. No one reads Kuiper. I I I know. I know of only one guy who still reads Kuiper every day, and that's this professor of philosophy, René van Woudenberg. He wow. every day reads a meditation written by Kuiper. Oh, that's awesome. But in, 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 in general, people, people see him at best as an interesting historical topic, mm. and at worst, someone who always quarrels. That's weird, because I, I, you know... I thought from reading that bio on Bavink from Eglinton that yeah. Bavink seemed like a sweetheart. So, so they're not rejecting Bavink because he wasn't because he was boisterous or rude. They just they yeah. just think he's just old news and we've yeah. got it. We've moved. Okay. So, what's like what sort of person to, today in the Netherlands or you know last five ten years who does pick up Kuiper? What what is that sort of person? Is it the per, like okay? So in America. I feel like people who read Bavink are just into systematics and maybe comparative interdenominational, but yeah. with Kuiper, I find it, you know, and we've discussed this before it's, it's not really his theology. I don't really think so at all. I really is more Kuiper, the politician. And then Dewey Weird and Volenhout, like the, the derived philosophy, but not, not theology. So having said that in Amsterdam, what, what are the like spheres, like what sort of spheres are people um, coming from who are reading Kuiper? Yeah, well, people who are reading Kuiper today uh, are most of the times people who work at the university. So no, no one outside of university is reading Kuiper for fun or to learn. <laughs> no way! Right, right. So people research him um, and the uh the 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 stress of the research or the main part of the research is not his systematic theology that's only a very small part most of it is indeed uh on kuiper the politician and kuiper and his view on society mm. and, and, and especially how to deal with difference which which is a very 
burning question today, yeah. how to deal with difference. But that was also a question that was very burning in the 19th century. Mm. So he, he belonged to a minority and, and his opinion was this minority of Orthodox Reformed people is, is neglected and, and, and considered to be backward, etc., and, and deprived of, 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 of rights and possibilities. So he was fighting for their rights um, mm. and, 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 and for rights of other people as well. But this, this, of course, this was his drive, his own people. Uh, and, and it made him think about how should we organize modern society? Yeah? And then mm. he came up with proposals about how modern society should be organized. Now, and those proposals still resonate today with people who research him. They Dr. Hank, how for you personally, like you're a historian, but what, if there's a realm that you zoom in on, is it more of the, for Kuiper, is it the theological, the philosophical? Obviously it's the historical, you know, situation, but other than that, where do you like personally sort of like glean from? And do you ever crack open any of his books just for leisure or edification or for better navigation, or is it sort of purely academic? Uh, of, of, of course, a lot of my reading is academic, but I like to read him. So he's, he's a very good writer. Mm. So um, it's always enjoyable to read him. And it's also, that, that's also interesting with Kuiper. Of course, you can read Bavink and that's that's very well done. That's very balanced. It's sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. um, but Kuiper is always, it's, it's good and it's always a little bit weird. You're always amazed when you read two pages. <laughs> what, what a strange example he chose. Or uh, <laughs> what, 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 what an amazing conclusion he, he, he draws. Or um, also, how is it possible that I am taken again by him? So he, wow. Kuiper, Kuiper was a kind of a guy who would always surprise you. That's mm. why people kept on listening to him. It was always interesting. It was always unexpected. When he, when he spoke in parliament, it was unexpected. So at the moment that uh, the word is to the parliamentarian, Abraham Kuiper, the, 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 the president of parliament said. And then all the parliamentarians came in because it was Kuiper who would, who, who, who would go and, 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 and give a speech. So if, if another politician would give a speech, well, if you're interested in the topic and you want to debate with that man, you were there. But the 100 parliamentarians, let's say uh, 60 were outside. But when Kuiper started to speak, everyone came in. Because no it was always vivid and the same with his sermons, the same with his articles. It was always mm. amazing. It was always interesting, intriguing. Um, mm. And people, people, people as, as we say in Dutch, that's not, that's not a good saying, I think, in English, but they, 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 they hang at his lips. They, mm. they, they wanted to hear every word. And mm -hmm. he always put a spell on, on, on his audience. Wow. He was very successful in that. But don't take Kuiper as um, a common reformed person. He, mm. he, he was, I, I like to see him more as an artist. He was strange. He did different things. He, 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 of course, he said, um, you, you should do this. You, uh, uh, you, you, you should be sober, etc. But he, he drank. He had very interesting clothes with, with colors. He he um, he did not go to church on Sunday. He, right. etc. So he, he was not a typical reformed guy like wow. Herman like yeah. Herman. So that... he 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 was strange, and that made him intriguing. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I I man, there's so many things I'd want to say that, but I just um, I think I read from him that he he cho he doesn't. Oh, what did I read it? But that almost said he didn't want to be called reformed. Like that label reformed, which in America is very, very big or whatever. But yeah. even though he's emphasizing, you know, Calvinism or whatever. But so I'm going to say something that I'm not ashamed about, but I love Kuiper. But are you ready for this? And you could scoff at me. That's fine. But I kind of hate reading Kuiper because he's so long winded. Uh, I'm uh, like, oh, I way rather okay. choose 
someone writing like like Bruce Ashford or Craig Bartholomew or yeah. Jordan, yeah. like any almost any or Matthew came the guys who apply Kuiper, that's my best stuff. Of course. Of course. But I, I, I can explain that. So I, I will give first one more example of how 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 different he was from other people. So when his wife died in Meiringen in, in Switzerland in 1899, um, he buried her in Switzerland uh, uh, in the churchyard of Meiringen. But you would think, oh, he's a stranger in Meiringen, so there is a corner somewhere in the shade and there's space for this woman from the Netherlands, fine. No, no, he buried her on just before the entrance of the church. You have to almost walk over her gravestone to get into the church. So a very big stone, bigger than any other stone in, in the whole churchyard. And there she lays. And, and you have to walk around it to get into the church. So everyone sees it and, and stumbles over her grave, let, 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 let's say. So yeah, that, that, that's very, all those kind of things he did. Um, but then um, he, it's, it's, it's so long and winding. Well, that has to do with the fact that he, two reasons. He had to write every week an article. So um, that, that was very systematically organized. Huh? So he knew, let's say, two years ahead that I will finish this series on September 30, mm. 1893. And then he finished it on that day. He was very well organized, two years ahead. Um, and, but he had to write every week and he had to capture the attention of his readers. Mm. And he, so he, he gave many, many examples and he, and he, he elaborated on his examples very much and you say oh that's boring he goes on and on and i i i know he will return to his argument when will he return it yeah. takes five pages but that's how he got the intention of the people so he, he wrote this every week in in his newspaper and the second reason is um kuiper basically was an educator he wanted to educate the people and he knew what I write, what I write on, the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, common grace, or whatever topic, mm. I have to educate the people. I, 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 I know my readers are not academics, but people who work on a farm, people mm. uh, who go to the factory on, 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 on the weekdays and, and get home so tired that they fall asleep immediately. They work for 10 hours. But then comes Sunday. They go to church, and after church, they read Kuiper. This is about the only thing, apart from the Bible, they read. So, and he thought, I have to educate them, because yeah. those guys have to be active, reformed people in modern society. So I have to mm. teach them. So he, mm. he, was, he was teaching his wife. He was teaching his children. He was teaching his readers, his students. He was always teaching. There, there's this saying that says what one generation believes, the next assumes, and then the next generation rejects. So yeah. I'm imagining this, this Dutch society um, of the, the little people, right? The something light in. I'm imagining these people reading the Bible on Kuiper. Um, so they're not assuming it. They're believing it. At what point did we start? Did, did the, um, I guess two questions. One, at what point did the 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 Dutch people start of for, forget who Kuiper was and his teachings? What so when was that? And then the second part of is is what was the like the the original listeners and hearers of Kuiper? Did they hear what he said and sort of actually were they able to make that not just a theoretical theology or truth, but it, was it actually functional to them? Did it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So to answer the uh, the latter question first, um, <clears throat> the people uh, he educated, um, they really start to apply his ideas in society. So those those farmers or those workers on a farm, they became um, <clears throat> member of, of 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 the city council, and they started to work along with his ideas. 
um, the people um, <coughs> who, who, who read him, they started to teach the children in church, in catechism class, the ideas of Abraham Kuyper. So it really worked. And you, you got indeed all kind of Kuyperians, people who followed mm. Kuyper. They were not creative. They just copied him and they applied him. So ap ap mm. application has also some kind of, uh, let's say, creativity. But sure, sure. Um, they, they, they applied him. And he was all over the place. Kuiper was the authority, also 20 years after he died. So if there, no was, an issue, if there was an issue in the reformed circles, what did Kuiper say about this? So, and if <laughs> Kuiper said something, well, then people were about to agree with, with, with him because it was Kuiper. Skilder, as a matter of fact, who worked in the 1930s and 40s, was the first, uh, <coughs> first rate theologian who openly criticized Kuiper. For example, on the issue of common grace and yeah. for the issue of baptism. Um, and that was not appreciated. In the end, you know, he was deposed in the Reformed yeah. Church. So this is the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. And then came the 1950s. Uh, we have had the Second World War, of course, and um, the welfare state was coming there. We all got a fridge. We got a television. We got a car. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, we, 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 went, we started to go on holiday, and then quite, quite fast, the interest in Kuiper dwindled down. So mm -hmm. I, I, I can tell you that people of all layers in society loved to read his meditations, and they were printed, reprinted, reprinted. It was, it was the most popular publication by Kuiper. It was not Common Grace. It was not the lectures on Calvinism. People didn't read that. They read his meditations. Wow. That was it. Um, but in the 1950s, this suddenly stopped. Not in the United mm. States, but in, in the Netherlands, it stopped. Mm. It has to do with the fact that society was changing. So... Um, it was, it was uh, more important, it started to become more important, let's say, to be yourself than to belong to a group, for example. Yeah. And Kuiper's yeah. vision of society was a society of groups, people who mm -hmm. belong together on the base of worldview. But mm -hmm. now, the, let's say, the, 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 the individuality became more important um, and people came, learned to know more about mm. the other groups because of the television. So mm. <clears throat> when, when, when the television was on in the 1950s uh, and 60s, you could only choose one or two channels. That's, that's how it started. Mm. So suddenly you listen to a social democrat who was in your room on the screen. Or you, or you listen to a Catholic who was in your room on the screen. Well, they had never been there because you didn't talk with Catholics. You didn't, you, you, you didn't mix with social mm -hmm. democrats as, as, as a reformed guy. Mm -hmm. so, so suddenly those, those, those walls fell away. Wow. And people found out they, they are people like us. Wow. And they have the same kind of problems and, and the same wow. kind of interests, etc. So, and then it started to dwindle down and, and rather fast. And the same happened in Catholic circles. The same happened in social democratic circles. And so all, all those ideas, they, 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 they suddenly disappeared and the individuality of the people became way more important than belonging to a group be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. I, I, I'm totally fascinated that you said that the litmus test or the, the canon besides the Bible was going back to what Kuiper said on a subject. So like for so like in America right now, I would say I would really truly say um, most Kuiperians are very like are really like they vote, they vote Democrat, for example, right? They're voting. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I would say most are, would vote for, um, you know, like uh, Biden over Trump and um, would be pr even just yesterday. I was, I'm on a, um, I bet a lot of the listeners will know, but a uh, 
like a reformational philosophy thread where all these people that you probably know of are on it. And um, I had posted something about the vaccination, just asking them what, what they think in response to there's this guy named Joe boot, right. Who's the kind of a Kyperian Russia Donnie guy. Anyways, almost everyone said vaccination mandates are okay. Kuiper would be totally okay with that, blah, blah, blah. But I was just literally reading just a few months ago. And there's this quote from Kuiper about forced like cowpox vaccination. And he says, no way, don't do it. Don't even mess with it. So my question isn't to you is not about pro or, or not forced vaccinations or Biden or Trump. I just think it's interesting. And I wonder if you have anything to say to it. Um, or another thing is like, I just started reading women of the old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Just start reading this, this devotional and I read it and it's, woo! it, even though I'm a pretty conservative guy, I'm like, well, the way he's talking about women in here is like, but it, it just reads like everyone else previous to the 1960s. Right. And so I'm not saying he's right or wrong, no, but no. what I'm saying is there is a market, but, but most, I, I shared that. And a lot of the Kyperians that I know in America sort of reject that as well. All that to say you're mentioning how folks would go back to Kuiper and say, what did Kuiper say? But now in America, it seems like we'll take the meat of Kuiper and spit the bones, and, but mm. they're calling it bones, whereas everyone else would. Yeah. So anyways, that's a long thing. I don't even know what the question is, but could you speak to that as far as you've yeah. seen it? Well, of course. Um, <clears throat> so in, in the Netherlands, for a long time, you, you had, uh, if you had a problem, you read Kuiper and there was the answer. And it was hard uh, to deviate from his solution to a certain problem. So uh, that, that, that's what you had to follow then. Um, uh, and and um, I, I found the same, more or less, with, with Kuiperians who are Republican. Mm. So they like him because they think he is in favor of a small state mm. and for the freedom of the citizen, which, which he was, but he was not per se a defender of small state. Mm. Um, but... Uh, <clears throat> Talking about Kuiper, of course, there are all kinds of issues that that would, uh, well, <clears throat> that 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 we would not like today. He writes about it's it's of course race, gender, uh, mm-hmm. e- e- ethnicity, all those issues. He wrote on that in a 19th century manner. So that's of course what we not really like. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard to take that part out of Kuiper and say, well, now we have the good part of Kuiper. Because, of course, this all belongs together. It's, yeah. it's like um, uh, Vincent Bacodi. I, I guess you know his name. Um, he, he, he said in, in a class he gave at Kampen Theological School, um, well, it's, it's like an album of, of your favorite band. There are 12 songs on that album. Oh, did you find them great? But there's one song you don't like at all. But yeah. of course, you skip that song, or 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 you don't listen, or you or you go to the loo when that song is on, or whatever. But it's it's part of the band. You 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 cannot erase that number. It it belongs to who the band is. Yeah. Um. So that's that's also the point with 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 Kuiper. It's not people today, of course like to erase things of history. Eh? So mm. people thought wrong about race in the 19th century. So away with those people. Mm. But that's not the way, as, as, anyway, I as a historian would say, that we should deal with, 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 with those people. We, mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to accept them, wrath and all. Eh? So uh, uh, of, of course, there are issues uh, we, we think different on. But the interesting thing is, if you start reading Kuiper, I, I, I will give two examples. If you start reading Kuiper on vaccination, for example, then you will find out that it's not, is he, is he now pro or against vaccination? No, he puts the issue of vaccination in the broader atmosphere of the freedom of conscience, for example, what rights does uh, a state have to interfere with the personal life of of, of uh, a, a citizen and so he has a broader view on that 
And of course, he was in favor of vaccination because he said that's yeah, good. and he celebrated that's them. Common grace. God gives us yep. these kind of medicines, yep. so please use them. But he say yep. he says a state may never force people to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. The discussion is going on in the Netherlands and it's going on in the United States as well. So there are there are companies in the U.S. that require you to be vaccinated to come to the office. Well, Kuiper yeah. would say that's wrong. You can try to convince the people, but this is a matter of conscience. So you can never force in issues of conscience. You can try to convince, you can argue. But if, if someone says, well... I listen to your arguments. I know your arguments. I just don't agree with them because I think that I am not allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So that's that's one aspect. And when it comes to race, for example, Kuiper was not very sensitive of racial issues in society. The first time he met black people was in the United States in 1898. That was his first experience, and um, so there were boys. Uh, who who took his suitcase into the train and from the train. Those were black guys. He heard a black woman sing beautifully. Um, and, and, and he saw the, uh, <clears throat> black people with rings, golden rings, etc. Mm-hmm. And he concluded, oh, those people uh, have been slaves. They have been emancipated, but they still have to adjust to what mm-hmm. it is to be a free man. Well, mm-hmm. That's, that's not a very nice comment on, 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 on the black people in the United States, but he just was not used to it. What mm-hmm. he, but he thought about the issue. Yes, he did think about it. So because uh, what happened in 1896 in a church in Batavia in the, in the Dutch East Indies, there was a reformed church with a Kuiperian minister. Mm-hmm. Um, and he learned that in Batavia, um, the white people went to church separated from the in indigenous people, from, mm. from, 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 from the Javanese people. Yeah. And not knowing what was going on there, he immediately wrote an article and he said, this is wrong. The gospel wow. says in Christ, there is no woman or man, there wow. is no white or black, etc. So wow. he was sensitive to this issue mm. in the church. Because that was what he thought about. Yeah. But he didn't apply this idea to society. Later, Kapiri wow. did, of course. Wow. But he didn't do it. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's crazy because I watched that episode last night, just last night, where, okay. where he's on the train. I was cringing and I was like, ooh, yeah. this is rough. <laughs> I could tell you didn't even like sharing that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then the, the interesting thing is so Kuiper was not very sensitive to the issue. Um, and we could blame him for that, but that's that's what the reality is. But Herman Bavink, um, he had students in the 1910s from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And he had a discussion with him about the, on the collar bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys said, well, Professor Bavink, you don't understand. Those black people and those white people, they just cannot live together because the cultural difference is too big so we have to separate and that's better for 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 each of them um and then uh, bavik said well that this 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 may be true but i think it's not what the bible asks mm. to separate those along yeah. color lines and then the guy said the white guys who studied at the Freie Universiteit, they said to uh, bavik you have one daughter Professor Baving, suppose she would come home and with a black man and tell you, I want to marry that man. What would you say? Well, Baving said he was honest. I would not like that. He would, I would not like it. But he says, my granddaughter, so in two generations, will think this is normal. Wow. And that's the way we have to go. Wow. I, I, I agree. I am not used to it, but I should get adapted to that wow wow yeah man so i'm in this long this ongoing email correspondence with a certain like really sort of i don't even know how i'm able to email this guy this sort of this really prominent um reformed guy who's at like a really like 
legit institution reformed uh, seminary here. And uh, we, we go back and forth. Like he like hates Neo Calvin. He loathes Neo Calvin. Like he, he's ragging on it all the time. And I think his summer, I want to read to you his summary and I would just love to hear you respond to it. It's pretty rough. He's, <laughs> he's, it says, the Netherlands had the most powerful advocate for cultural transformation in Abraham Kuyper. He built multiple institutions, a university, two newspapers, a denomination, and served in parliament and in government. A century, and here it comes, a century later, there's almost no trace of his presence in the Netherlands. The neo-Calvinists mostly picked one side or other in his two planks, antithesis and common grace. The neo-Calvinists have transformed nothing anywhere in America. <laughs> it's all fundraise. It's all a fundraising scheme. <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't even know what that part means, but they don't no. run. They don't run anyone for Congress. Their institutions have become broadly evangelical. And he says that sort of in a negative way. Cause he's like, it's all about yeah, reform. Yeah, evangelical. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, evangelical on the way to becoming theologically liberal End quote. There's a lot there. I would love to hear. And like, I know some of those, we hear them often. So I'd love to hear you respond to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in the first place, uh, this is often used as an argument against Kuiper and against Bavink that a century ago, they were influential and now they are not. Yeah. But what, what about any other politician or theologian of their days? Mm. All, all the influence of those guys has gone. So th this happens with everyone. So the fact that, his, had, that the interest in Kuiper has been fading doesn't say that what he had to say is not relevant anymore. Okay. It's just, oh, over time this fades away. Mm. And that, that's a pity. Uh, <clears throat> for the other side is, of course, that <clears throat> a hundred years after he died, there is still a guy who think it is important to criticize Abram Kuyper. That means that he is still important. Okay, touche, uh, Harnik. Yeah, so it's 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 very interesting that, that this this man is still busy combating <laughs> neo-Calvinism. So that that means somewhere it's alive. Wow, that's good. Well, well played, sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so. So in America, there's this thing called Young Restless Reformed. I'm not sure if you caught wind of that, but it happened like 15 years ago. A bunch of, uh, I, I was swept up in that, right? It's like mm -hmm. a bunch of uh, people who were at the time like sort of Baptistic, like Baptists or whatever. They basically started reading Jonathan Edwards and John Piper and Charles Spurgeon and things like this. And they're so soteriologically, they became like adherents of Tulip. And then they call themselves, oh, as you know, they call themselves neo-Calvinists, which makes all the real neo-Calvinists so annoyed, yeah. but uh, better, better search results on the internet, I guess. But anyways, um, I was talking, I was interviewing just yesterday, um, this guy named Colin Hansen, who actually coined the term and, and wrote, wrote the article originally. And I asked him what became of 15 years later, what became of those people? Um, like what camps did they sort of lean into and what denominations? And one of the first thing he said was this, he's all, well, he said something like this. Yeah. Many of them or some of them sort of became Kuyperian, but they not, they, it's, they weren't only not able to change the world, but they realized they couldn't even sort of like change their own heart and make the, you know, make the bed, which is a totally uh, that's all Christianity, right? Like, and I think there's this Matthew Kamenick article where he quotes someone else, but he said, everyone wants revolution, but no one wants to do the dishes. So anyways, I, I think that's also a, I think that's a fair judgment. Um, if you don't really have a total big picture that basically it's assumes Kyperians want to radically transform, um, and, and just, whatever but we realize we can't even like be nice to our wives or whatever do you mm. have any thoughts on that one <laughs> so the, the they are always working or busy with the grand design and they don't look after their neighbors oh man well, uh, you said I, it well <laughs> i i 
I, I, I don't think that's correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm. that, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that, that's a caricature, I think. So, mm -hmm. um, so we, we, in, in, um, <clears throat> we, we, in, in, in the Netherlands, of course, uh, we also like <clears throat> to, to make caricatures of, of each other. Mm -hmm. So you talk about um, uh, the civilized uh, people who, who, who are the liberals, or or you talk you 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 talk about uh, the the Roman Catholics as people who mm -hmm. act like sheep in a flock, etc. They they just listen, <clears throat> um, and um, the and the the reformed people. Uh, they they all uh, if 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 you characterize them they they are they, they all do are similar and do the same way and listen to the big leader Abraham Kuyper but of course these were sensible people of course there were people who followed him blind mm. that's that that's in every group but but I think in general that was not the case there were there were a lot of people who criticized him and also among his best friends and who opposed him and 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 had different ideas but of course he was dominant but but still there were people around him who didn't agree with him and had their own ideas and and and, and also went their own ways so um i i i i think it is it 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 it, it is not right if you say caperians were were like this and they didn't they care for their wife because mm. of course there were bad marriages there were good marriages uh, there were people who always would pay attention to their wife and were kind to their children and there were guys who were not of course mm. Mm. Um, but, that, but that's everywhere so i think that um this criticizing of a group in this way does mean you don't know that group because yeah. as a historian i always would say Whatever group you take, you take a group of, of, of Catholics, you take a group of ardent uh, Eastern Orthodox guy, or you take a group of Caperians in the Netherlands. If you go there and research them and listen to them, you would say, well, they are about all the same. It is the same kind of people. It, it's, not, it's not a special kind of people that is there. Mm -hmm. There are people who are meek, there are people who are harsh. It, that's, that's everywhere. So in every circle, which one you choose, you will find everything. The meek and the harsh people, yeah. the friendly and the unfriendly people, the understanding people and the people yeah. who don't understand yeah. and just proclaim. Yeah. That's, that, that's everywhere. And that's not typical of... So the, the Kyperians is not a special breed. Yeah, we... we like we Kyperians, we like other every other Christian, we carry around a body of death, like, oh, who will save us from this body of death? So and I, I think I told you this before, and I, I say this not to rag on A.W. Tozer, but I say it because I think it's helpful to know there's there's that mystic writer A.W. Tozer from like I think like the 50s or something in America. And he would pray like two hours a day and write all these helpful books and teach all over. But then yeah. when he died, um, a few years later, his wife remarried and someone interviewed her and said, how are you? And she said, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life because A.W. or Aiden, Aiden loved Jesus Christ, but my new husband loves me. And he was a Christian too. And turns out like, you know, he left half of his, he, he, he forfeited the rights to his books to the publisher and gave half the money to his, uh, his church or whatever. So um, all that to say, we're, we're all, you know, we're all curved inward. You know what I mean? It doesn't neutralize it, but it sure does suck. So I've got, this is like, this is the best interview ever, it's, even though it's part two. So, so <laughs> listeners, just let you know, yeah. I'm so sorry. We had this interview on Kuiper's birthday and I, uh, I, I didn't record it. So, <laughs> so we've got a gentleman right here allowing to do, do part two. So I got seven minutes left with you. I'm going to try to do a few rapid fire questions if that's okay. Of course they, they could all be 20 minutes, but they're all, if you yeah. could just do a rapid fire. Okay. Which traditions do you think find the most um, like sort of resonance outside of neo-Calvinism and why? Like what, what other traditions might have articulated the same things or emphasis 
um, or even authors or people, but they might not even know that, oh, I, this is sort of a Kuyperian thought. Hmm. Oh, if, if I think of Christian traditions, I, I think it's hard to think of a, a tradition that is alike. So most Christian traditions center around the church. Um, and, and I think um, Kuiper, the, the Kuiperian traditions centers around society. And so, of course, the church is important. That's where we have to go. And, and, and that's where we, where we learn what we, how to behave and, how, and what to do in the world. But it is about being a church in the world. And so mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, that has to do, of course, with the idea of common grace as well. But the, the, the <clears throat> God is not focusing on the church. He's focusing on the world. Eh? God wow. wanted to save the world. So um, the, 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 there are theologians in the Netherlands. They say, well, Christianity, that, uh, that's about that cross, about suffering. And there's a small circle of light around that cross. But the rest of the world is dark. Well, that's not Kuiperian. Wow. Uh, so was that was that your sweet spot? That was a good <laughs> response. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how yeah. do? You, oh, oh, yes. No, no. Go, go on. Go on. Um. How? Okay. So, do you have any thoughts on neo-Calvinism? You know, and as you know, we're going to have a bunch of South yeah. American entries for the state of neo-Calvinism, which is a lot of charismatic or whatever um and even keys vanderkoy he's got a little bit of that charismatic love in him which i love sure so are there any do you have any thoughts on neo-calvinism and the sort of the re renewalistic charismatic pentecostalish impulses in the more majority world church as, um, as they gravitate towards world christianity yeah well is there anything I... does neo-calvinism have anything to say there yeah, it has any. Uh, it, it has certainly has something to say, but I first would like to say it has something to learn from from the Pentecostals. I think because um, though Kuiper wrote a big book on the work of the Holy Spirit, um, you cannot say if you look at the at the Neo Calvinist tradition that a lot of research and exploration and reflection has been done on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in culture. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Um, and the second thing is, of course, that, uh, <clears throat> uh, and that's the, that, that's the answer to the second part of your question. Mm -hmm. I, I think the Pentecostals will learn from the Neo-Calvinist tradition. I think two things, again, of course, uh, the attention for culture, it's not just the church. And what they learn from their theology is the relevance of history. So the theology of, Kuiper and Bavink is very much embedded in a historical tradition. Mm. It's not a reinvention. It's not something new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that of, of course, they have rephrased several aspects and laid different stresses than, for example, Calvin did. Mm. But they want to be in a vivid relation with Augustine, with Calvin, with yeah. the reform tradition of the 17th, 18th century. Mm. Is it Kuiperian? Neo-Kyperian, Kyperianism, or Neo-Calvinism? It what is, neo is the what's yeah, that? It 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 is Neo-Calvinism because Kyperianism that always pushes away the influence of Herman Baving, for example. That that is a reflection of the dominance of Kuiper in his days. Mm. So people started to talk about Kyperianism, but it was not Kyperianism. It was way more. So I, okay. I, 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 if 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 you say Kuiper, I would also always add Bavink to start with. Wow, wow, yeah. okay. What are some? And by the way, some of these questions are people that were submitted to me. So thank you for these questions. What are some areas of study that that could be topics for research? Oh, um, well, of course there are. Uh, <clears throat> still very important aspects of, of research, but they, they depend on what you're interested in. So mm -hmm. if you talk about Pentecostalism, for example, mm -hmm. then I think it would be very interesting to research the meditations of Abraham Kuyper. Mm -hmm. How did he speak about the personal life with Christ, yeah. the personal yeah. life of him, of his heart with God? So, um, and as, as you know, he wrote volumes of meditations which have never been researched mm. so that 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 is a large field 
Um, and of course, then there is all kinds of research possible when it comes to his relation to, uh, let's say, economics, for example. Of course, there is a lot of debate about our economic system. Well, how, how did Kuiper think on those issues, those relations between labor and capital, etc.? So the mm. economic aspect in his work, which is which mm. is there. He 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 read economic professors, etc. So mm. it, it's there. Then, of course, there is the cultural aspect. So I I I find him a very literary writer. So he's also, as I said, he's an artist. He's a very good writer. And then there is his journalism. The way he did his journalism is, oh, is has been very important for the development of journalism yeah. in Netherlands. And he lent all kinds of ideas from uh, journalists in Great Britain and in France. And he had contact with those guys. So his international mm -hmm. contacts are also very interesting to explore. Yeah, well, that's oh, okay. you know, some topics, but there are many. So in addition to your forthcoming article at the laymanslounge.com, the state of neo-Calvinism, Netherlands, what are some things you, I know you're always working on at 85 things at once. So what are some things you got cooking up right now? Um, I'm trying to finish a book on the relation between the Free University of Amsterdam and the United States between 1880, the founding date, and 1930. So the first half century. So they related, of course, to Princeton, Princeton Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. Calvin uh, and Calvin College and Seminary were, were very minor institutions in those mm -hmm. days. Um, but um, the people of the Christian Reformed Church, they were developing. So around 1900, 1910, students from the CRC, the Christian Reformed Church, who wanted to get a PhD, they... they they had the difficulty to choose. Shall we go to Princeton or shall we go to Amsterdam, to Bavink, mm. for example? And some of them went to Princeton, to Vaas. Some of them went to Bavink. So there is a relation between, a developing relation between, uh, uh, let's say, Grand Rapids and Amsterdam. First, it was Princeton and Amsterdam. Then it became uh, Grand Rapids and Amsterdam. And then, of course, you got the Presbyterian controversy. Uh, or controversy, I don't know what you say. Controversy, control. Ah, I, I, you, you understand what I mean. Uh, so in the okay. 1920s, and then most of the people of the Free University chose sides with people like Gresham Machen. And then they had a relation with Westminster in Philadelphia. And they left Princeton, and within a year, Princeton was Bathian. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so this is this is this dynamic history of the institutional relations of the free university, mm. and uh, in, in which, of course, um, uh, people were instrumental, like uh, Henry Dosker uh, at at uh, at uh, Western Seminary, uh, like Gerhardus Foss uh, in Grand Rapids and in uh, Princeton, and like mm. Stephens, who also Nick, Nicholas Stephens, who was the founder of Western Theological Seminary. So these, these were two, three important people who introduced neo-Calvinism in the United States and started spreading. You, oh, that's, that's, you that's, are that's so nuanced. This, we'll be waiting for that one. Um, okay, last question for you. This has been so good, thank you. Um, if you were, and we touched on this before, but I, I really appreciate it. And it was, if you were to have a beer with Kuiper, and you could ask him one question, what would it be? And is he buying the beer or are you buying the beer? <laughs> I, think I, I, I think I'm buying the beer <laughs> to begin with. And what, what would I like to ask him? Well, that, that, well I, I could ask him, of course, many issues. But one, one interesting issue, and that's a question a friend of him also asked him in, let's say, 1912, 1913. Um, you are so dominant, Abraham. Uh, <clears throat> you are so influential. And, of course, you bring your position, your ideas, that, which have everything you want. You bring it with an authority as if it is God says... Eh? So yeah. it, it seems as, as, as if God speaks. So do you ever doubt 
about your opinion. And then Kuiper said, well, after having worked 50 years in, 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 in public life, it's very hard for me to discern between what God wants and what I want. Yeah. That, that would be interesting to reflect upon. It's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been talking with Dr. George Herring, the, the boss, the father of Kuiper. Um, it's been so cool. And listeners, like I said, be sure to check out thelaymanslounge.com. Thank you so much. I owe you a beer um, for not recording the last one. Thank you. You buy it for me. Yeah, <laughs> I will. We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good. That's how we'll walk away. We came to break the bad. We came to cheer the sad. We came to leave behind.